Caffeinated Monsters, your bi-weekly comedy horror podcast. I'm your host, Faith, and today we've got Joe with us. Hello! <laughs> and yeah, today's episode is going to be an interesting one because it's essentially about self-preservation, but it's more to do with natural selection in a lot of ways. People are dumb in horror. Yeah, it's like they don't even know they're in horror movie. Like, people that just trip over nothing... Yes, I think that's probably one of the most obvious um, kind of cliches that that we see in in horror movies. I think the one that comes to mind is probably Scream or, well, any any slasher really. Any any film where someone is being pursued. You know, you've got people that you'd think they were toddlers again and had only just learned how to walk. Nobody turns around, you know, and runs in a straight line focused on on running, focused on getting away. They sort of do this little skippy jog, flapping their arms about, and then turn round and stop and look over their shoulder. Yeah, I really hate it when they do that, because you're just there like, you're, you've got some speed on you, love. Just keep going and don't look over your shoulder. I mean, I think we've all, you know, we've all, well, maybe when I say we've all done it, I've done that thing where I can fall over from a complete standstill um sometimes my feet are turned inwards when i'm stood still and i don't realize and i trip over my own feet but you know as a whole if if i felt that i was about to be stabbed or captured or eaten i would absolutely go hell for leather in the opposite direction yeah i think one of the uh, the biggest issues when it comes to people tripping over absolutely fuck all, you know, tripping over up, upstairs or running through a field. Open a door and fall in a heap in the doorway because doors are suddenly, you know, <laughs> a level 40 skill that no one has acquired yet. <laughs> so you put your stats in the wrong place. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, you know, you need to put them stats into dexterity and cunning. I don't know what they're putting in, it certainly isn't intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they've all suddenly skipped leg day somehow and they just don't know how to pick their damn feet up <laughs> skip brain day as well oh god <laughs> but yeah so that's that's number one um another another sort of pet peeve of mine is um is people saying hello is someone there or or going to investigate a, a very unsafe situation so, you know, if your if your house, you know, if you especially if you're in the house alone and you know that you are alone, if you hear a, a really bizarre noise, not like I don't know the fridge creaking or, you know, when that plate does that thing where it half falls over in your cupboard and you know that when you open the cupboard door again you're gonna die. Oh yeah, it'd be like a fun destination moment, wouldn't it? Even though you just have a mini heart attack, it just smacks you in the face as you open the door. <laughs> yeah, you know, noises like that, I could, I can understand people wanting to go and investigate because I too would go and investigate. But when there's an obvious 
sound of glass breaking or you know a door being forced open you know something that indicates that you're probably not alone anymore i know let's go and have a look no let's not go and have a look let's barricade the door of the room that you are in and phone the police that does help a lot especially i like the fact that so many people especially in horror films recent uh, in the last like five to ten years like people actually have their like their mobile with them rather than just like leaving it charging in a different room and then having like a nap on the sofa like no they'll have their phone next to them yeah just in case <laughs> you know all of these well, i say all of these the majority of these you know kind of teen horror slasher movies you know they're all you know they they all have teen or young adult protagonists um you know or not protagonists rather you know groups sort of victims if you will i don't know one single 17 year old that would have their phone charging upstairs while they're sitting you know on on their laptop you know you got to film this for the tiktok you can't possibly <laughs> the tiktok <laughs> can't possibly be separated from from smartphones um and as well, you know, not just noises, but people that all of a sudden decide to go and look in in basements. I know this is quite American because, you know, British houses rarely have have basements. Apparently the Americans are just chock-a-block for basements, especially in horror movies. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, I know, let's go, go down there with either no light source or a very poor light source or let's you know let's close the door behind us or you just wouldn't if you you know you start feeling uncomfortable the last place i'm going to go and look is in some creepy ass basement and that's the other thing that i don't understand maybe you know maybe some of our you know our american listeners or perhaps people that are just a bit more traveled than i am why are fuse boxes in the least accessible part of your house. Surely something that you will need to access in an emergency, i.e. not having power, should not be in the darkest part of your house. Have I never thought of this? Why is this a thing? It bothers me every time I see it. You know, our, our fuse box is in a cupboard in the hallway and not a creepy spider cupboard either a coat cupboard so you know that's much more accessible we've had fuse boxes next to the front door which you know was really ideal at no point have i had to descend 50 stairs <laughs> you know with a single glass light bulb with a some dangly switch and a you know not being able to see two feet in front of me I mean, whether it's just poor building design, design or, you know, one of, again, just another horror movie cliche, stop putting fuse boxes in basements. Or at least take a torch with you. Like, have a torch in the room that has access to the basement stairs. Mm, mm, definitely. But anyway, that's enough of me ranting about basements. <laughs> um, but, however, still on the same topic of phones phones and phone 
charging. I think there are two points that we can make about phones. One is the old, oh, my phone's out of signal um, kind of situation. But phones with no charge, again, not, not one person that I know realistically lets their phone get so low that it will run out of charge. I know we've all been caught out, you know, you forget to charge it and you go out somewhere and it's all crap, I'm on 10%. But for God's sakes, power banks, people, these are a thing. You know, look at the great Pokemon Go craze. I saw hordes, absolute hordes of people with about six power banks each. You're not saying that if you thought you were going somewhere like camping or to a party, that if you, you looked at your phone and went, oh, it's really low, just grab a power bank. You can even get ones that are, um, oh, what they're called, solar powered as well. Just stick it in the sun and plug it in. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we have one of those for camping. You know, I like to think that we, we are quite, quite prepared. Um, again, you know, cars. Most cars now have USB ports. If you are fortunate enough, like myself, to have an older model, the cigarette lighter can, can provide, you know, 12 volt power via an adapter and you can charge your phone via the car. Go to a shopping centre and you've got those weird little lockers that you can put your phone in to get some charge. But at no point in these horror movies has anyone thought about about anything useful? The self-awareness for surviving situations is astonishing. Yeah, yeah. And don't even get me started on the no signal. You know, how many horror movies... I know it's probably only in, in the new ones. Um, you know, perhaps when you go back to even the early 2000s, really, before phones became commonplace... You know, you could kind of, you know, I understand their get out of jail free was, oh, the phone line's been cut at my house, I can't contact anyone, or the wind has blown down a phone line. Mm. But, you know, these, these newer, I say newer movies, I mean, anything in the last 20 years, really, I'm probably showing my age a bit here. Mm. I feel a bit like that as well. I'm like, oh, it's been a while since someone's actually said, oh, oh the phone line's been cut it's like <laughs> we don't even have a phone line well except for broadband yes i sort of think when was the last time someone used that line in a film what the phone line's been cut yeah oh it's been some time <laughs> now i think about it oh i can feel crow's feet developing already i'm just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know there's a very there's a very good um setup that most you know most phones have um you know where if if your phone has no signal to make you know you can't call your your friend you can't ring for your favorite takeaway you know emergency calls will still connect you know when when your phone loses signal from your own network provider it automatically com connects to the next strongest signal so you know the amount of phone masts that, that we have around it's very, very, very unlikely that you you can truly not not make a call. Um, yeah, you can't make calls to, like I say, to your friends. Um, 
but there's there's no real reason why you shouldn't be able to place an emergency call you know even places like london on the tube you know that you can now do this thing where you, you can make calls through wi-fi but i'm cool though i can do that now on the london tube yeah yeah you know it's there are ways and means and again you know i know not not a lot of people own them but satellite phones great alternative to a, a regular you know mobile phone in in low signal areas you know if you know you're going to be going up into the mountains or oh i don't know you know going to a to explore a cave system you're probably going to be aware enough that oh a regular phone won't won't cover me then you know maybe i'll look at a satellite film a phone rather film <laughs> dear it, i've got the thursday brain yeah we're so close to, to the weekend it's so far but yeah i mean when it comes to you mentioned like traveling up mountains and caves and stuff like that people not bringing adequate safety gear or oh. lights, like decent lights are absolute godsend in those situations. Yeah. You know, let's let's all go to a cabin for the weekend, but we're not going to tell anyone where we're going. We're not going to take any appropriate equipment. Um, we're just going to get so absolutely hammered that if anything does go wrong, I won't be able to, to, to get myself out of that situation. See, being drunk in that situation... Then you have an excuse to trip over nothing and fall over. <laughs> yes. But like, you know, going back to equipment, you know, people not having, you know, helmets when they want to go and look in a cave or people not bringing an extra can of petrol when they're going on a road trip or even buying a spare tyre. Flare guns. Flare guns are underrated, and people always forget those as well. Oh well, to be honest, I I can't say you know, and I'm I'm a bit of a an outdoorsy person. I have never once decided that I needed to buy a flare gun. Perhaps if I was you know hiking regularly in, you know, the Peak District or the Cairngorms, possibly. But I'm you know I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's that that certainly wouldn't be t- top of my list. No, but it has made me think about so many situations in films, not just horror movies, where a flare gun would have helped. Like being stuck on a boat or in the middle of nowhere and but there's um there's like good services not nearby but they're too far away to hear you. Mm. A flare gun would definitely help in that situation. Or a whistle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, over, well, I say over the next year, five years, you know, as technology progresses and, you know, we've got all sorts of, you know, we've got smart watches, smart phones, probably smart glasses, you know, I, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how creative um, filmmakers have to get or, or whether they'll just continue to reuse the, oh no, no signal. I'd like to see smart characters that just that don't just see themselves as like being the top of the the group. I think you could have just just left it there and said I'd like to see smart characters. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that does does seem to be lacking. You know, when when people have got their phones, you know, oh no, someone's 
broken into my house and now I'm going to go and look where the creepy noise is coming from, put your phone on silent. The amount of times, you know, someone's sneakily hiding in a cupboard from their serial killer and, oh look, mum's phoning. Mother dear, this is not the time. I mean, that's, that in particular reminds me of uh, See No Evil by, uh, with the wrestler Kane. Mm. There is actually a good example of like repercussions for bad choices when it comes to mobile phones. Because someone's phone uh, starts ringing because a sister calls them. And mm. yeah, Jacob Goodnight shoves the mobile phone down the girl's throat. Oh, well, I mean, that's one way to silence your phone, I guess. Not really. It was still ringing. Oh, dear. Yeah. She was still alive. Well, not for long. No. <laughs> Bloody hope not. <laughs> but, you know, again, I think I think technology, you know, plays a big part. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm just nitpicking when I watch things now. You know, people getting lost. You know, they're going down a dirt road. And I know if you don't... Well, I say if you don't update your sat-nav. I think we're even getting past that now. Most cars have built-in sat-nav. Uh, not mine, need I add. I still rely on either, you know, my phone secured in an appropriate cradle um, or my little sucker on the windscreen sat-nav. You know, if you don't update it regularly, it, you know, with all the roads changing and roadworks, it sometimes just thinks you're in, a, in, in the middle of the field. Um, but even if you were going somewhere... I, you know, I always, again, it's, it goes back to what you were saying about preparation. Take a map. You don't even have to buy a paper map. You can download a route online before you go and view it offline. You know, you can, you can have a look at OS maps. You can buy a, 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 an A to Z road map. You know, if you're really smart about it. Again, I'm not sure if, if this works... You know, in, in the US, I'm not sure about their, their road markers. Um, top tip, by the way, if you break down on a motorway in the UK, the uh, the markers with the numbers on next to the road, uh, if you give those to a breakdown service or, or emergency service, they, um, they pretty much pinpoint your location. Um, you know, it, it tells them whether you're on the northbound or the southbound carriageway and, you know, at, at what junction you're at. Uh, I appreciate that only applies to, to vehicles, but again, you know, oh, yay, let's go hiking and take a tent, but have no no clue. We'll just stick to the trails. You'll get lost fast, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, another thing that really annoys me, it's okay, even if you haven't done any of that, you have no map, you have no phone, you've got no idea you, where you are, stop wandering around when you are lost just stop literally do not move from where you are and just wait for wait for daylight stop trying to tromp around in the dark and hope that you'll find your way back to civilization no it never works out the way you could be in a storm it could literally be snow <laughs> it could just be dark you don't know where you are how the hell are you going to find where you're meant to go if you're lost and you can't see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, you know, there are some really cool things that probably, you know, any, any survivalists or, or any keen outdoorsy listeners might know. 
but you know, even on a very basic level, if you are walking and you start your walk at nine o'clock, you know, just make a mental note of where the sun is in relation to your position. You know, then you'll know whether you're heading east, whether you're heading west, whether you're heading north. You know, and if you're lost and wait for daylight the following day, just walk in the opposite direction. Good tip. <laughs> oh, yeah. People that go on trips or go on like, uh, a camping holiday but don't wear adequate clothing, like oh, waterproof yeah. shoes or wellies or, you know, the mistake I used to make of not wearing a waterproof jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you know, all... You know, people go hiking in flip-flops. I don't get that. <laughs> no, I think the only thing you'd get is blisters. Oof. Bug bites all over your feet. Oh, oh, that's a lovely thought. Mm, right between them toes. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Delightful. <laughs> but again, you know, that, that does that feeds into the sort of theme of, of the episode, of this, this absolute lack of awareness. But looking at it sort of from from the outside... Have these people in horror movies, do they not have horror movies in their own universe? I mean, I like the fact that Scream sort of says, oh, there's certain rules to survive horror movies. Yeah, but even it, you know, it, it backtracks on its own rules. I mean, you know, you, you brought up a very a very good point just the other day when we were chit-chatting about it. You know, they, they forget the double tap. Ah, they don't in the first one. Second one, they don't either. Hmm. Which is good because it's nice that um, oh, what's her face Sydney, she does the the, the really well the basic survival things, <laughs> which is locking the front fucking door and she does it. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I I reckon you know a good sort of sixty percent of you know home invasions and you know serial killers getting into houses in these films would just be avoided if people lock just lock the door. It's just... Oh. Well, the lock's there for a reason. Yeah, it's even better. You know, a lot of houses have a, you know, a good old Yale lock that automatically clicks across when you close the door. I don't know if this is a particularly British thing or or, or a style of lock that is wild, widely used anymore. But yeah, you know, save yourself a lot of trouble. These These people that are content to be home alone also seem to be quite content to leave their front door wide open yeah i don't i don't get it it's just kind of like well you do know that other people live near <laughs> you not all of them are nice oh this that's the other one you've just reminded me so you've you've your front door is unlocked and you hear a creepy noise mm. outside so you walk out into the street quite a distance from your own property and leave the front door wide open. Not only is it unlocked, it's open, and you have left the property. So when your back is turned from the front door, the murderer can get inside, and they can hide in the fucking closet. All because you've gone to look at some creepy-ass noise. And you find out that it's just like a random like, homeless dog, or it's a cat. <laughs> or a raccoon in a bin. And I think this this is something which I think would be interesting in in horror games actually is you know you you load into a into a horror game um you know choose any you know whether you want it to be dead space alien isolation 
Silent Hill, Resi, any of those. Just turn around and, and walk off. You know, you, you wake up and you find yourself in some creepy place, you know, spaceship, foggy town, creepy village. Just nope. Just nope the hell out of there. Turn around, go back to where you came from and let somebody else deal with it. That kind of ties in with another pet peeve of mine. People that say, oh, let's hang out at that abandoned amusement park or, oh, this is where the serial killer was rumoured to have escaped decades ago. <laughs> let's go hang out there and have some drinks before we break off and go to college. <laughs> let's start, And you wonder why shit like this happens to people. Yeah, I mean, there is that sort of, you know, there is that idea in horror films that if you... If you have, and I use this phrase not, you know, not seriously, if you have loose morals, so, you know, if you are deemed to be promiscuous, a stoner... Or if you're a complete chad. Yeah, if you're, if you're a drunk, if you, you know, get around town a bit, mm. you're, you're instantly marked for death. And it doesn't matter what you do. You could have a fully charged phone, stay away from the creepy noises, wear appropriate clothing, you know, hiking shoes. You could, but you would die because you, you would just, you would be too immoral in the horror universe to be allowed to live. Doesn't, oh, what's it called? The um, Cabin in the Woods. Hmm. It's kind of like, oh yeah, well these people match these descriptions for who needs to be sacrificed. There you go. And it's all about that. Apparently that's reason enough to kill them off. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I do I do want to sit down and, and watch that film again because I didn't realise... Uh, I saw it when it came out at the cinema, um, but I didn't realise that it was sort of taking the mickey out of itself. Kind of satire in a way. Yeah, I, I I was horribly disappointed when I went to see it because I thought I was going to be watching a genuine cabin in the woods horror film. Oh, you poor darling. I know. <laughs> but, you know, in, in the years since then, I have kind of come to appreciate what it, you know, what it was going for. Um, and I think I'd get a lot more enjoyment. Um, anyway, apologies, I, I digress. Um, Quite right, we always wander off on something in these episodes. <laughs> I think, as well, you know, you were saying about, you know, we've both been saying about <clears throat> local areas and and all of that. You know, there's the old one, oh, you know, we're nearly out of petrol or we want some more snacks, let's stop at the petrol station. Uh, I mean, again... <sighs> I, I don't think I don't think they could be entirely realistic because it's not gonna be particularly creepy if you rock up at your local Tesco's for petrol and pop in for a pack of salt and vinegar crisps because there's gonna be, you know, a couple of cashiers, a couple of CCTV cameras, you know, it's gonna feel pretty civilised. But, you know, you rock up at this hillbilly petrol station in the back end of nowhere you get out and you take the piss out of the attendant yeah really really smart idea there guys um you know and if you actually do listen to them and they warn you about some creepy goings on you just laugh 
I'll just blatantly ignore them like in um, American Werewolf in London. Locals tell the two American backpackers don't walk through the malls and what do they both do? Walk through the fucking malls. <laughs> yeah, again, natural selection. I mean, obviously, you know, it wouldn't really make for an entertaining horror film if someone said stay off the moors and these lads took our advice, turned round, hopped back to where they came from, credits roll. Yeah, it's funny how, like, you try to make, um, try to do it in a way that makes sense. But it would, you literally wouldn't have a movie if you didn't have like these minor issues. Like if you just look past the, they're sort of like almost poor choices, <laughs> then you just wouldn't have a, you wouldn't have a movie if they didn't have like, if they didn't make mistakes. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it again goes back to, you know, you get these people and they, they do these, these things, these kind of, not, not always disastrous things, but they don't expect that what they do will have any consequence. Um, I think what plays, or what reminded me of this, <laughs> to a horrific degree, was the first time I ever played Until Dawn, um, <laughs> which is a, it's a fantastic, I call it a game, it's more of an interactive horror film, really. Uh, not in the same way that, you know, Bandersnatch, uh, from the Black Mirror franchises, but you know it's it's a, for those of you that you know haven't played it, you know you you make choices. It's you know the same same kind of um, I've forgotten the name of the developers, um, the same lot that do you know Man of Medan, Made of Skur. What is that anthology called? Dark Pictures. Yes. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Again, I was thinking Dark something, but I was like, it's the one. Well, it's a really cool design. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> no, all that kept coming into my brain was Dark Souls, and I thought, well, that's horrific in itself, but that's that's for a different day. <laughs> yes, get good. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, you you you. I thought, oh, this will be really great to play because I can finally make the choices that I desperately want people in in horror films to make. Great, I know what I'm doing. I've seen enough horror films to to absolutely ace this. Absolutely not. Everybody died in my first playthrough, and I thought, well, you know, I I tried. Um, Apparently, there's I think it's either an actual game or it's DLC where you play. It's like a prequel to Until Dawn, where you play as like the asylum patients that turned into the the creatures. Hmm. I still need to watch the playthrough for it though. Not quite sure about that. Um, I have to say I gave it a I gave it a play and and sort of thought oh that was a bit of a bit of a ride I'll have to uh, give it a little while. Um, <laughs> it didn't help as well that you know I was getting a bit of stick drift on my controller and it was making decisions that I did not choose to make. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, that you know that goes back to the kind of not escaping early on, not being aware of your surroundings. Um, yeah, and just not expecting not expecting to end up in the shit because you, I don't know, removed some weird skull from a creepy altar in the woods. Or, uh, you know, you go and stay in the creepy old house or want to film ghosts in the abandoned lunatic asylum. Yeah, that's going to end well.
Yeah, I bet I bet the fa- I bet the uh, like the flooring though is just top notch. You're not going to fall through the fucking <laughs> ceiling. No. And I bet you're going to have a great time if something does like scare you in there and trying to find a goddamn exit. <laughs> yeah, and I think the sort of certainly one of the last last things I I could come up with was um, splitting up. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like a it's that classic Scooby Doo of. Come on, gang, let's split up. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be quicker. Yes, quicker for you to die. (laughs) Your death might not be fast, but at least you're uh, you're making it easier for the the killer. And when we do split up, it's going to be even harder because we've got no fucking lights and no mobile phone signal to tell each other when we found something. So... And we don't have a map or, or a GPS, so we won't know our way around anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, you put all of this together. I mean, I, I suppose there are times when, you know, splitting up is necessary. Say if one of your um, your companions is injured and can't can't get the help or can't, I don't know, can't escape and you just kind of have to hide them somewhere and go and do it yourself just hide them in the closet next to the next to the um fuse box yeah absolutely (laughs) they'll be fine so just make sure that nothing switches and just you know if anything does just flip it back on for us will you (laughs) (laughs) are there there any other um sort of pet peeves that you'd like to discuss one particular one it's been a long time since i've heard anyone use this in the film but having your house built onto or having any of your property on some kind of burial ground like near the pet cemetery (laughs) or you know on a Indian burial ground or near a graveyard and then well I'm gonna have to chip in here a little bit because one of the first houses I ever lived in you could see a graveyard from the house. It was like the back garden and then the graveyard. Yeah, but I bet you knew how to lock the front door. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I was I was so young at the time that I didn't, I wasn't even really aware. Fine, your mum did. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I just thought it was pretty cool, to be honest. Yeah, it seems interesting, but it's one you don't report anything happening. Like if you suddenly see like a person crawling out of a grave, you don't say anything. You go to investigate. Well, it's it's the absolute disbelief from these characters when when things start to go wrong, particularly in you know haunting movies or like possession movies, you know, especially ones that involve families where someone that you have lived with for a number of years suddenly starts acting really really weird, and you're just like, oh, are you feeling okay today? So if they're foaming at the mouth, if they are act, if they are talking in tongues, or they start levitating, or vomiting pea soup, they are probably possessed. <laughs> yeah, it just it always seems like it's it's an afterthought. You know, oh, I came into the kitchen today and the walls were oozing blood. Yeah, that's perfectly normal. The house has always done that. <laughs> just leave, literally. Don't even pack your shit. Just leave. Walk out the house and never come back, and just, just don't, just protect, like, fake your death or something. It's like you don't have to pay someone, like a real estate agent, to resell your house for you and try and explain what the hell happened. No, if you know if that was happening to our house, I'd, you know, not only 
be like, hey, come look at this. Can you see what's going on? Or film it, or... It's like, do I need to get my eyes tested? I need to get someone in for another opinion. But either, I mean, there are only two real options to what's going on. Either the house is haunted and you need to get the hell out, Mm. or you're having some sort of mental health issue and you need to get the hell out and get some medical help. Yes. Uh, Neither of those reasons point to you remaining in the house. Yeah. Yeah, in all honesty, (laughs) I don't see a reason why you'd stay in the house. Like, oh, hey, hun, I heard creepy ghost moaning last night. Oh, yeah, I heard it too. Brilliant. So my, my observation has been corroborated. I know that I'm probably you know mentally sound great both of us heard it let's go so let's look at the property ladder shall we or let's look at like like we stay at one of our family's houses and just stay there for a little bit long i would sleep in the car i mean we've done it before (laughs) so (laughs) won't be too much of a challenge for us oh i don't know it's a different car now oh yeah Oh, yeah, we're both older now, so we'll probably wake up right cracking our backs constantly. Yeah, my neck will be doing a 180. Oh, God. <laughs> Just try and move and it sounds like you're a bloody 80-year-old. Feel like one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Oh, there is actually one bad thing I just remembered from Scream 1. Uh, the best friend, she does a great job like defending herself against Ghostface because she went to get beers for people at a house mm. party and she throws the beers at, at the guy. Literally nailed pretty much everyone against him and smashes facing with the uh, trees at all. But instead of actually like throwing more things on top of him so he can't move or, I don't know, pushing something heavy on him like the fridge freezer, what she do? She goes for the cat flap. Yeah, and we all know how that ended. Yeah, and the neck snap. I mean, that's absolutely fine. If you have a large enough cat or are of small enough stature and know that you can 100% clear that cat flap, you go for it. Yeah, I mean, if you're small enough to be mistaken for a child, you're fit for it. <laughs> but if you're like a late teens, you know, fairly busty person or a bit curvy, you ain't going to fit for it. It's that simple. Well, I want to know what kind of cat they flipping have. You know, our cat flaps... Not not ours here, um, unfortunately, we're not allowed pets. But, I mean, cat flaps, you know, in general, are probably no more than about, oh, I don't know, 15 centimetres, 20 centimetres square. Mm. You know, that, that girl managed to get her head and part of her shoulder and upper body through. I couldn't even fit my face through a 15 centimetre cat flap. I'd like to watch you try and I'll take a photo. <laughs> just the look on your face. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... I don't, I don't know what it is with Americans and their cat flaps in films. Oh, do you know what I'd like to see? What? We all know about the sort of famous Titanic experiment where they got the piece of wood. Yes. And they measured how many people you could actually fit on the piece of wood. And it turns out that Jack didn't need to die at the end. Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but it's less dramatic then. Yeah. <laughs> so we all know about that experiment. Mm-hmm. I wonder if anyone has ever done an experiment to see if a human person could actually fit through that cat flap. I bet plenty of drunk people have tried to do it. I mean, but you know, 
minus if you know contortionists can't can't count. Yeah, they take counts as cheating then. I saw someone fit through a toilet seat once. That's actually quite impressive. It was a bit gross, to be honest. Was the toilet seat attached to the toilet? No, it was not. Okay. It was like somebody picking it up like you would a hula hoop and then kind of folding themselves through it. It was a bit creepy. That mental image alone is unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. No. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'll probably just fit my head through and then swing it around and then knock myself out. <laughs> Whilst I would be escaping through the door. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I try and do a, um, oh, I can't remember what that famous movie is, where he crawls through the toilet. What, that prison escape? No, 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 it was um, it was a British film. Uh, not This Is England. <laughs> it's... Um, no, I've seen that film. Train Spotting, that's the one, where he literally uh, crawls through the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the idiot move and crawl through the toilet to get away from the murderer of a knife and you... Just walk out of the front door. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can understand that, you know, she was desperate to get away from goat... Fa- goat? <laughs> Deary me, I need some sleep. So do I. <laughs> Ghost face. It's been a long week. It has, still. <laughs> but, yeah, throwing yourself into a into a cat flap is probably not, not the best method of escape. Um, but again, you know, if, if all of these things weren't to happen... They'd probably be pretty poor horror movies and we'd have nothing to talk about. Exactly. There'd be less um, less to moan about, as British people do, and uh, less to discuss. Oh, I can always find something. I can moan about the weather. But yeah, uh, I'd say that's quite a good one. A good discussion, some good pet peeves, some interesting points made. And if anyone has any other pet peeves or... Things that they find frustrating about horror movie logic or characters. Just, yeah, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. It's always good to hear back from people. Uh, You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Stitcher. And, yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram. And we also have merch on Redbubble, T-Mail, Spreadshirt... And you're on the YouTube. Yes, I've only got the pilot episode on at the moment, ah. but I will be adding to it. I see. And we also have a link tree on Facebook and Instagram if you're interested. So you can also join our Discord for a good chat. And we also have Patreon if you're feeling particularly generous by helping out with uh, minor, of, minor expenditures. But yeah, it was lovely talking about this one this week with you. Yeah, yeah, I've had lots of fun. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's quite alright. But yeah, uh, see you next time and hope you enjoy listening. Bye! Stay squishy! (laughs) Bye!